Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. So it is lovely that you came tonight because one of the things when you're as old as I am, been in church as long as I am, things have really changed in church. And so you don't need any more to come to Shaw Vineyard on a Sunday night to sing What a Beautiful Name It Is with Charlotte leading us in worship because you can go to YouTube and you can listen to it live with the person who wrote it. This is Brooke Fraser, Brooke Liggettwood, starting out the song. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. You're hidden. So you could listen to that, you could watch that, you could, um, you could worship to that in the privacy of your own home. You didn't need to come out tonight. Or you don't have to listen to me speak tonight because you can go to YouTube or, any, or your podcast channel. You could listen to a guy like Mike Pilavachi, who's a bit of a, bit of a, a sort of a go-to in New Zealand terms. People don't know, get him? That, that, and they need to know that they belong. They really need to know that they belong. And the greatest healing is the healing of relationships. The ultimate healing is spiritual healing. And so much, and I know it's more complicated than this, okay? I really, really do. I know it's more complicated. But one of the things at root of, of, of so much of our emotional illness and mental illness is simply loneliness. Do you know what? What a, what a fantastic preacher, and you can just get him, you can um, put him in your earbuds, you can listen in your car, you can uh, listen at any time. You don't need to come to church anymore to be able to hear great speaking, great worship, um, great, you know, kind of the, the various aspects that we can get delivered to us. We have our Bibles and our phones, um, all sorts of things that we can do today. And so I've been thinking a lot about church. It is so cool that you're here. It's such a privilege, it's such an honor, because nobody, in a sense, needs to be in church anymore. And so I've been thinking, you know, so does church, is church still relevant, therefore, when you hit 2020, when you have all of those access points? And you think about church, and you think about a church like ours, and you know, we're not a, we're not a big church on, you know, kind of show or anything like that, although we do want to be brilliant. We're not a big church in terms of, you know, kind of it has to be kind of run to a particular timetable and, and get nothing wrong along the way. We are a big church on values and theology, and, and we want to be a vineyard church church and there's some things that go with that, that's important, but I don't think that brought you here tonight. And so the things that I've been thinking about in relation to what is church and what does it look like revolves around a word that we've been using a lot in church already this year, and we will use a lot as we go through the year, which is connection. 
Connection's our theme, if you like. Connection's a word that we're going to be using through the course of the year. And it's connection that really brings us to our first series of the year, which is we're calling Becoming One. And all through February, we're going to be looking at this whole theme of what it is to be one. When Jesus called us, and we'll look at what he said soon, when he called us to be one, when he prayed for us to be one, what was he meaning? What does it look like? How can we outwork it in 2020? If you put it another way, I've never known anybody yet who does well when they're disconnected or out of connection or where they don't have some sort of community in faith and probably other aspects of life. Those are lots of, you know, kind of lots of people who try and do it alone fall along the wayside. And so, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Um, And so people, you know, kind of even within church have lots of reasons for for maybe not pushing into the whole area of connection, you know, kind of a shyness or an introversion or, you know, kind of um, camp out when we're going and aversion to camping might say, you know, kind of I'm not going to go to camp out and yet yet the messages we're getting together to connect, we're getting together to be together because there's something bigger and sometimes there's a pushing through of our natural reticence, our natural reservation and so that we are able to push through into some of those things. And so for February, we're going to be posing the question of what does it mean to be one? And so tonight I'm speaking, I've calling called it One United. I was just looking at the slide up there before. It's like a football team, isn't it? It's One United. We are a football team, One United. That wasn't uh, deliberate. Next week, we're talking about one body. The following week, one vision. And then the final week of February, we're talking about one communion. And so come along, be part of it. We're doing the same morning and night. It's on our Facebook Live. Um, and so hopefully as a congregation, as a church, we're able to follow it through in the whole of what we're doing. And as I say, the overarching theme of this whole series is John 17. And so if you have Bibles, I'd love you to turn to it, um, flick it up on your phone or something like that. John 17 is what we call often the high priestly prayer. And the whole of John 17 really is a prayer of Jesus um, to and about the Trinity, to and about his disciples, and amazingly, to and about us. It's the only prayer that we have recorded where Jesus literally prays for us, which I think is an incredible thing. It's part of what we call the farewell discourse. And the farewell discourse in literary sense or oratory sense is, uh, is, is the person who's founded something passing on the best that he can before he leaves. And this, of course, is what Jesus is doing. And so if we can kick off from uh, uh, the beginning, um, verse 1 of John 17, and I'll rush you through it, but it's worth spending some time with it over the week. But Jesus lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And from there you go quite deep theologically over the next few verses into the Trinity and what it is. And we're not specifically going there, but it's worth lingering in. And then he moves on to this prayer for his disciples. He says in verse 9, I'm praying for them, praying for his disciples. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. And he goes on over the next few verses, continues to pray that his disciples would be able to absorb and to understand who he is, who the Holy Spirit is, who the Father is, and to be able to outwork that in the world. And then in verse 20, 
we get this astounding, just, just a gobsmacking moment, really, when Jesus begins to pray for those who would follow, those who would come. He begins to pray for us, begins to pray for the next generation and the generations after that. And this is the prayer of Jesus for, for us from verse 20. I do not ask for these only, he says, but also for those who believe in me through their word. So those who believe the disciples, that's what we do, I guess, when we read the scriptures, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, own me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and loved them even as you loved me. And verse 24 goes on, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I've made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love which you have loved me um, may be in them and I in them. And so Jesus is talking to these three communities, if you like. He's talking to this mysterious community that we call the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, really representing, really summarizing what this community is like, the relational aspect of the community, the relational, um, uh, in a sense, um, laying down of the life of each other, of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So the Trinity, then the disciples, and unbelievably, as I say, us, and to each one of them, he either calls them to be one or declares them to be one. In fact, four times in this one chapter, Jesus prays for his disciples or the disciples who are going to follow that they may be one even as we are one, that they may all be one, that they may be one even as we are one again, and that they may become perfectly one, that they may become perfectly one. And so if you think about Jesus interceding at the right hand of the Father, Romans 8.34, praying for us even now, even uh, now aware, we might sort of think, well, what would Jesus pray for us? And we would probably think, well, he would pray for the things that we're praying for. You know, like the, the issues that we have in our life or the worries that we have over our children or, you know, kind of our job or, you know, kind of whatever it is that we might do. Our gratitude, our thanks, our worries, our fears that he'd be praying. And I'm sure he would be praying all of those things that he'd be connecting and loves the things that we are. But one thing I think that we can be sure of is that he's praying that we would become one. And that's a challenging concept. It's not a kind of a I don't know, a, um, a slogan or, or sort of a, a, an easy thing that rolls off the tongue. We're unlikely to become one by staying at home and singing What a Beautiful Name with Brooke Fraser. Um, as magnificent as it is and worthwhile as it is, because we don't get to really interact with Brooke. And we're unlikely to become one by sitting home and listening to Mike Pilavachi or any of the other sort of um, preachers that might be our favorites and we might listen to. As good as that is, and as much as we should be doing it, and what a privilege it is to be a Christian in 2020, isn't it? That you can be listening and watching and, and, and to be aware of what's happening around the world. It's just a fantastic thing. But we can become one with each other. And that's got to be the point. It's kind of got to be something at least of the point of why we're here even tonight, why, why we would come to church instead of, instead of doing it through, you know, kind of our other media sources that we can do. But what does it mean to become one? Because, again, it's easy to say, oh, we need to become one. We need to become one. We're doing a whole series all of February. We need to become one. 
I think um, it's quite, probably quite healthy for us to critique some of our, our Western associations about being one. I think we probably say, well, you know, what does it mean to become one? We possibly talk about, you know, kind of the importance of friendship. We talk about the importance of, I don't know, con connection, going deep with people, you know, having deepened relationships. We might talk about marriage or, or lifelong commitment of, of, of two people to each other, that sort of thing. We might have that sense that that would be the ultimate in becoming one. And yet, and yet at least sometimes, I know for me in those close relationships, there's certainly an element of myself in there. You know, kind of let's, let's hang out, let's have dinner because you're a really interesting person or you're a really non-threatening person. I think I can, have a, I, can have a, I can have a night where I don't feel kind of, um, you know, kind of under attack or you're a person who makes me laugh. Why don't, you know, kind of tell me that story again. Tell me that joke because it makes me feel good when we are in the process of becoming one, when we are building a relationship. Or even in church, we often fall into that thing. It's like at this time of the year, in church always you're trying to get people to come to home group. So you're setting up home groups and, you know, kind of come and say, this is going to be great for you if you come to a home group this year. Because we're setting up a home group. It's a long year and it means you can connect with people and through the year they're going to encourage you and they're going to pray for you and you'll pray for them as well. But we even, we even sort of, um, um, you know, kind of speak it in the whole speak of, you know, kind of if you would just come more often or if you just be here, then we would become one. Then you would see and you'd hear and you'd feel some of the things that would make you feel good. Nothing wrong with any of those feel-goods, but I think becoming one is going to um, require more of us, and that's going to be more challenging than that along the way. Um, I don't know, really, that we could say it's what Jesus is saying, oh, sorry, what Jesus is saying when he's praying, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. That's a challenge that we have. We may get a little window into what it is to become one by looking into other, country, uh, other cultures, other countries, other cultures. Uh, in uh, Africa, there is a word that is, that is um, used called Ubuntu. Ubuntu is like our, our generosity. It's like our, our hospitality, our friendliness, our caring, our compassion. Um, and it's, it's, it's our sharing of the things we have. Um, it means also that my humanity, the person that I am, is, is intricately linked with the person that you are, that somehow I cannot be without you being factored into that process. That might be a little clue. And so Archbishop Desmond Tutu says, and I just think this is such a wonderful sentence, we belong in a bundle of life. This is what God's put us in, in a bundle of life that we could, you know, in that kind of messy, tied together, you know, kind of, you know, one of the pencils falling out every now and then and having to be put in and, and, and brought together, this bundle of life that we have to hold. We say a person, Tutu says, is a person through other people. There is something about us being one that is really important, or something about us being together. Closer to home, Māori have the concept of whānaunatanga, um, which is um, a relationship through shared experiences and working together, which creates a sense of belonging, something that we do this together. We're shoulder to shoulder. We're, we're able to, to bring our, I guess, our gifts. We're able to bring um, our contribution, and together somehow we're able to go forward. We're able to kind of have the sense of what God is doing in our midst, and it's a wonderful thing. And so you pull some of these ideas together, and you have you know, some of the key thoughts that you might think about is, I, I am because you are, you know, and you are because I am, which is, which is actually a real affront to our independent nature 
and I, I'm the independent of independence, you know, kind of, I don't want to be because you are, you know, kind of, that sounds too risky to me to be because of that, and yet somehow this is what I'm called into along the way, is to be one with a group of people. This is the group that I choose to be one with or, or choose to try and learn how to grow and to be one, that we would be one united. Um, I am human through you, you know, not through kind of, in a sense, birth, not through kind of, you know, kind of we sort of look at Felicity and we you know, kind of she's, she's human because of her two parents, all of that sort of thing, but in a sense she'll discover her humanity beyond just being a biological, um, you know, daughter of, of um, Jared and Steph, she will discover her humanity in her relationships and her people and her relationship with God. And that's what God is calling her to be and, 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 to, and to strive towards. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Um, and we discover that participation secures my belonging. And there's no doubt that we belong when we have a sense of of being together, of contributing to this whole thing, of participating. And so these are incredibly stretching ideas. I guess ideas of becoming one that probably only God can do, only God can um, do in our midst. And yet what we're trying to do as a church this year, and Rupert's talked about it as he's um, introduced even the, the, the roast tonight, sort of thing, we've got, this, we've got this lamb on the spit tonight. And I, I don't mind if you don't eat lamb or if, you don't feel like that's, uh, um, you know, kind of what you'd like for dinner tonight. But the idea is not really, let's come and we'll all eat lamb. It's like, let's come and we'll connect. Let's come and be together. Let's come and, 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 and share some ideas. Let's, let's come and be more than a minute and a half, you know, while we bring the table out and while we get the slideshow up and stuff like that. Let's come and be a little more like that. That's why we would love you to come tonight, no matter what you've got on or, or whatever because I think it would be good for all of us, not only for you, but it would be good for me, you know, kind of if you were able to come along the way. So that, that's the sort of thinking in that. And so what we're doing is every Sunday in February, we're doing a different food event after one of our services. So we're doing evening service, morning service, evening service, morning service. So obviously tonight's is the spit roast. Next Sunday, we, after our morning service, are going to um, Castor Bay, and we've got the Mr. Whippy van down there, and we're going to take a picnic, so take our own picnic, sorry, and then it's kind of free ice creams and all of that sort of thing. And so, again, it's not about come and eat ice cream if you like ice cream. It's about come and be together and connect, even if you don't like connecting, which is possible. You could sit there, it's like, but I don't like connecting, but it's like, this is good for you. This is a worthwhile journey for us to do together. That's a really significant thing. Then the following Sunday, we'll be having something um, after our night service, so that's a, that's a particular, you know, kind of claim on your, you know, kind of come along, and then the morning service after that. At the start of March, what we're going to do is, we're turning 30 as a, as a church overall, and it's, so we're going, to have a, we're going to have a celebration Sunday, and then we're doing camp out which you've heard about, and we would just love you to come. We would love you to be there and be part of it. And I kind of think, you know, if we could go fishing together, you'd know something different about me along the way, especially if we catch something. You know, if we could have a walk along the beach together and, um, and just kind of share from the heart or out of the out of the, I don't know, the creativity that is an empty and open beach to have that walk. If we could have a cup of tea together or a beer together or something like that, there is amazing how we could grow and how we could know each other and what a wonderful thing that is. And then what we're going to try and do is we're looking to connect in homes. 
So we want to connect over food for the first six weeks. And then at the end of, at the end of um, March, one of those last two Sunday nights, we are going to have um, dinners in homes. And so we're going to have about five or six different locations out of our evening service. And we're just going to get you to sign up to maybe to your own locality or something. So hopefully we have one on the bays and one in Milford and one in Forest Hill or something and one in Birkenhead or something like that. And just encourage you to go and just do a, we'll just do a shared dinner or something like that. And we'll just connect across the, I don't know, across the divides that we have, you know, older and younger, you know, sort of, um, uh, you know, cool and uncool, you know, uh, you know, all of those sorts of things. And we'll just rub shoulders with each other and, and how awesome would something like that be? Uh, and so we, we want to do those things and we're slowly rolling out our home groups over February, March, and then in term two we'll have sort of our full battery of home groups where we just want to start connecting with each other and provide lots of opportunity for you to come and to be. Another way we can connect is connecting by serving, because serving is a really important thing. You know, kind of it is amazing how wonderful it is to have a sort of an investment, I suppose, in what goes on. And so I, do, I flicked an email around the people who organized teams in our church the other day. And I think it probably is true to say that, that our church looks like it runs relatively smoothly. You know, that, that most of the time it, it sort of looks like everything happens. We, we start on time in the morning at 10.01. We start on time at night at 5.05. Some of you are still out there getting teas and coffees, but nevertheless, we start on time. I know it says 10 and 5 on the thing, but it's, it's deeply strategic. <laughs> it's like, you, we can't get you here any earlier, and we're not willing to wait longer than five minutes. So, but sometimes I think it feels like it goes really smoothly. But I, I did this thing of our teams during the week, and this is just as a rough idea of in our dream that we would love to have. We would love to have two more drummers, four vocalists, two keyboardists, sorry, this shouldn't be keyboardists, it should be guitarists, and one bass player um, within, our, within our community, within our worship community. Um, because at the moment, we probably flog people too much. And what happens if you do that too much? It's like, well, I get sick of doing that. So they kind of pull out. And so if we could have that, that would be amazing. Oh, but there's more. Um, children, AM service. Matt would love to have three or four people from Spark, for Sparklers, which is our preschool group, and um, two or four primary plus sort of other, you know, willing and friendly faces. And we have wonderful people in our evening congregation who go and support and serve in the morning congregation. And they are just heroic. It's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. But we could do with some more of that. Mainly music, which we run on Friday. We could do with a kitchen hand, a craft person, a setup person, friendly faces, Chinese speaker, and a singer, because it's a, it's a preschool um, to, to music. Um, first impressions, which is the people who meet you with a Kiora lanyard. In the morning, we could do with six to eight people. In the evening, we could do with two to four people. Sound and lyrics at the back there. In the morning, we could do with two. In the evening, we could do with two. There is lots of opportunity to connect by serving. And the thing is, it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference to those who are around us, and it makes a huge difference to, to the people who do the serving. It is an incredible thing when we get together and when we're able to do that sort of thing. So what does becoming one look like, though? What would a picture of it be? What could it be if we were to pursue this as a church, if we were to answer Jesus' prayer and we were to somehow find, and I've been thinking about this literally overnight last night. I was thinking, well, is there a picture that I could show that would somehow summarize what it might look like? And I thought about, you know, oh, no, I don't want that one. That's my, where's my, where's my picture of all those rotten politicians? Oh, sorry, those rotten politicians. Have you got that, Becca? Do you reckon you can find that? Or it's not there? 
So, for example, if we got together the Premier of China, um, the Premier of Germany, the Premier of, um, uh, of the UK and the Premier of America, if they were to get together and they were to let go of all of their senses of, you know, kind of, um, here they are, those guys, for example, that was really quick, I just only said them and you just did it just like that, that was fantastic. If we were to get them together, give them a haircut probably to start with and, and, and sort of get them smartened up along the way. Yeah, actually not one of them is really that good, is that, are they? Um, and we were to give them the task and they as one were to, willing to go and say, we're going to fix the problem we've got with our planet, with our climate. That would be becoming one. You know, letting go of the fact that I'm American or letting go of the fact that I'm Chinese or letting go of the fact that I'm, you know, Britain or, or um, you know, the, the Venezuela guy or the, you know, sort of the... If we were able to get those, that would be becoming one. I think that's the sort of prayer that Jesus is praying for us, that somehow we could be that. Or, and I don't know if we have the next one of politicians, um, or if we were to get together, what if our own politicians in election year got together and said, you know, we're going to, I don't know how you do this with democracy and stuff, but we're going to actually lay down some of the um, antipathy that we have for each other and we're going to run an election based on actually what's best for New Zealand as opposed for what's best for me to get in power. That would be, I think, a picture of becoming one, the kind of thing that Jesus was wanting to know. But of course, we can't influence that and we might not even agree with it, I don't know. But, but it's just like I'm thinking, you know, wouldn't it be great? There are smart people in Labour, aren't there? There are smart people in National. There are smart people in the Greens. There are smart people in New Zealand First and probably some of the smaller ones. It would be just an incredible thing somehow for us to be inspired by those who lead us. And then I kind of thought, okay, but we can't have an influence over that. And I thought, but what about ourselves? What about the people we sit with? And so hopefully we will get that one, or maybe I can click it through, can I, Becca? And so these are just, this is just our church people. This is just Jared and Steph and Felicity. They're kind of here most weeks, and we dedicated their baby, didn't they, we once, or something like that. They seemed really nice people. What would it be like to have a relationship with them? What would it be like to, in a sense, be one with them, to, to, to actually know what goes on in their lives, to know the, the great things that are happening and the, the things that they're struggling? Or, or up the top, we've got Stacy and Tian and Sean. You know, and they're, they're here most weeks, and they're important in our whole congregation and who we are and, and what we are. What would it be like to actually do life with them rather than just come to church? alongside them every now and then and get to know them. That would be kind of becoming one, wouldn't it? And then we've got Mika and Gabby. Um, and, um, you know, Gab Gabby is uh, a, a relatively new New Zealander, if she's a New Zealander at all. You're not a New Zealander at all. So we need to help her become a New Zealander because I reckon she's the sort of person we need. But she's married a New Zealander, which is probably a good start. So there you go. So along the way. But wouldn't it be great to do a bit of life with them? And then there's Justin at the bottom. He turned 11, I think, on the 28th of January. He told me he supports Liverpool, which is a good idea. <laughs> there's a few sort of soccer people down the back there who ain't like that. And what a wonderful thing it would be to be one with these people. To, to not be, I don't even know your name. Or I don't even care, really. To be able to, to be the people. And I think that's what Jesus is praying for us that somehow we could be a church like that, that we could be a people like that. And so over this month, and, and I guess over hopefully the whole year, we're, we're looking for ways of doing that. It wouldn't be easy. 
all of these guys are from different backgrounds, they're different age groups, they're different, you know, personalities and all of those things. I think we might have to, to do um, what is uh, a guy called um, uh, Rupertus Maldinius said in the 17th century, to be in the essentials unity, in the non-essentials liberty, and in all things charity. I think we would have to give a lot of charity to one another. But what an adventure it would be. What an incredible thing. And so we go, or Jesus goes in John 17 from the Trinity, co-equal, co-eternal. There's something really significant about this, the ultimate community of love. But he doesn't leave us there in the Trinity and sort of say, you know, you, you should look at us because, and look at us and marvel and wonder. He invites us into relationship with the Father and with the Son and with the Holy Spirit. And out of that relationship, he invites us into relationship with one another. And the thing about churches is that often it's not a bunch of close friends. So we choose our friends. We can't choose our family, but we're usually really faithful and loyal to our family. But our church allows us to really um, be stretched in the way that we relate because we don't get to choose our church family. And that is a wonderful thing. That is a strength, not a weakness along the way. And that's why it's great for us to sing what a beautiful name it is with Charlotte. Because she's one of us. You know, because she's, she's nervous beforehand. You're probably not. You're so, so jolly good. Um, you know, because she's had to do prep for that. Because she's had to turn up here on Thursday night. And all of the musicians who were part of it, and, and, they, and they played this morning, and they came tonight, and some of them would identify more with our morning congregation and night, but they're serving tonight because they love us, because they want to be one with us. And that's why it's good to hear me and, and others who speak, because, because we're, we're one of you. This is who and what we are, and this is what we're building, and this is what we're wanting it to be. And we may not be as slick, or we may, or we might be, may not be as punchy, or we may not be as empathic, or we might, may not be as dynamic as others that we could Google. But we and you are part of each other, equal, walking together, living this life, figuring it out, doing it together. And what a privilege, what a pleasure it is. And so Jesus, seated at the right hand of the Father, would be praying for us, I think, today, that they may all be one, all of us just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. John chapter 17, I'd love you to feel like you could read that during this week and begin to plunge into it in terms of the depths that it has. One of the things that we're going to do every time that we speak uh, during these four weeks is we're going to ask someone from our congregation to write a prayer and to kind of pray it over us and to kind of pray it on their own behalf out of John 17, personally reaching into John 17 and praying a prayer from what Jesus prayed so that it can be a representation of a prayer for us. And I've asked Petra if she would write together a prayer for us tonight. And so she's going to come up. And so as we come to the end of our service tonight, Petra's going to pray with us and for us, and I think inspire us in the process. Come on up. Let us pray. Father, who is all things and has breathed each one of us into being, Christ, 
who has brought us into community with love itself, in the Spirit, who enables us to live life with unabashed grace and mercy. We come together tonight to pray in unison for the community we are in and surrounded by. Lord, tonight I pray just as much for myself as I do for us all, that you will lift the lens of self-satisfaction from our eyes as we look towards our whanaunatanga. May we have spirits that yearn to reach out and touch those around us with hearts of joy, kindness, compassion, and unwavering love. I pray tonight that our deeds, coming from a place of service and not a desire for one's own contentment, radiate the glory of your presence to the world around us. May you draw us closer day by day into true oneness with you as the Trinity and with one another. Craft us into a community that shelters the weak, comforts the lonely, uplifts the disheartened, and carves out a place for those who have felt excluded. May our community not come from a place of self-fulfillment, but instead may our spiritual home be a safe haven for all who cross its path. I also pray tonight, Lord, for those who feel in desperate need of community. May the warmth of your spirit lead them into a place of peace and connectedness. May they know that there is a seat at the table for them here with us. May they fully understand that they have something rich to offer and we accept them, accept them with open arms and ready hearts. Christ, as we step out of the safety of our church community in the week, I also pray that we reflect who you are to those around us. Schools, universities, workplaces may each be an opportunity and a privilege to be one with those around us. Open our hearts and minds and reveal the people you want us to bless. Show us how to best interact with our colleagues and friends. May we be the salt and the light. May we be the castle on the hill. As Francis of Assisi said, where there is despair, let me bring hope. Where there is darkness, let me bring light. Where there is sadness, may we all bring joy. May we be the agents of your will for the majesty, goodness, and glory of your kingdom. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful prayer. Thank you. Petra, Briar wrote our prayer for this morning, and we'll be putting it on our website. And, and just these can be the prayers that we pray. Let's, let's just stand. And, and in a sense, let's just receive a blessing. Or let's just, let's just respond and, and, and to be aware of, where, of the territory that we've covered today. And so, God, we, we come before you as a, as a disparate group, in a sense, um, of people who are here for one service, people who have been here for a lot of services, people who are, who are just getting to know us. And yet, Lord, we do have a sense of you praying for us as, as a group, as a unit, both on the 2nd of February, but ongoing for us as, a, as an evening service congregation and as a morning service congregation, as Shaw Vineyard. And Lord, we pray that you would lead us in oneness. Lord, that you would truly help us to be a, a church that is exploring the depths of not just casual acquaintanceship, but of a, a, a body going forward with a sense of it being us rather than me. And we pray that you'd show us what those things mean um, in whatever way that you have in mind. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name.
Amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.